First of all, I want to thank the elders for the opportunity to come up here and speak before you this Sunday morning. And I got to thinking about what am I going to talk about, what am I going to speak about, and I thought this would be a good opportunity not only to present a message of the Word of God and give you a lesson that you can take out there and understand, but also try to maybe get you to know me a little bit better, some things I'm interested in. I have always been an advocate that when we look at things in the world, we should be able to see a spiritual message in it. Um, the idea, I think I asked Tony one time, you know, a good preacher should be able to get a sermon out of stick in the mud. Well, this morning, you're going to get a lesson out of preacher in the mud. So, this morning, I'm going to take you on a journey. I'm going to welcome you to the world of Tough Mudder. This is a competition that I enjoy running in. And what I want to do this morning is just show you some pictures, show you some things that I've been through, and to show you some lessons that I've learned from God as I was doing this. So, what is a Tough Mudder? Well, first of all, it was an obstacle course race designed by a former British anti-terrorism specialist. That should have told me no in the first place. It's going to be dangerous. It consists of 10 to 12 miles of muck, mud, and various obstacles. There are between 18 and 25 physically demanding obstacles one must overcome. It's not a race, but a challenge to finish it, and the whole motto is no one left behind. And since 2013, I've done five. I enjoy them. And I've, so today I'm going to share with you what I learned about God while running through the mud. But before the spiritual application, I'm going to show you what I put myself through. I hired a man to train me to figure out how to do this the right way. This is a guy I hired. And it was at a gym I was going to. And at the time, I, I went in, I, I paid for my four sessions. He put me through the ringer. And I found out why he was so good at his job. I don't have other pictures of him. But in 1990 and 1991, he was in the Mr. Universe contest. And I've seen some of the pictures of him. The man looked like Arnold Schwarzenegger back in the day. I mean, he had all the ripped muscles and everything. And he put me through the ringer, training me and teaching me how to prepare for this thing. So for the adventure, I'm going to step down here a minute. This is the first sign you see when you, uh, I got it messed up. Mutters overcome all fears. It's the very first sign you see when you come in there. All fears. Is there anybody here who has no fears? Absolutely nothing that they're afraid of in the world. I have a few things. I have a fear of falling. I don't have a fear of heights. I have a fear of falling. And I don't like that. So here you go through the gate, and this is my friend Kevin, my brother Josh, and me. And you can see we've got our warrior mohawks in this, in this series. This right here, you go through the gate, and you have to sign a death waiver. This should have been my second sign of not doing this. Because it says that... You're signing your life away, and if something happens to you, the, the crew of Tough Mudder is not liable for any damages. And on here, you can see on my forehead up there, you can see that right there. You have a number. You have a bib on your chest. They put that number right there. And I've also got a number on my leg down here, but you can't see it. That's in case something happens to you and you need to identify the body. You've got to have the numbers in a few different places. That's what that's all about. Doing a little pre-run stretching. And this was our faces ahead of time. We were excited. Little did we know. Little did we know. This is the first obstacle. It was an eight-foot wall you had to get over in order to get into this big, huge pit of a bunch of people. All these people are here to run this race. 
Go through this competition. There's people in here that had done this before, people who had not done it before. The three of us in this group had never done it before. We had no idea what we were getting into. We had to take an oath. This is the oath. Tough Mudder is a challenge, not a race. I put my teamwork and my camaraderie before my course time. I do not whine. Kids whine. I help my fellow mudders complete all the courses. Complete the course, and I overcome all my fears. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run you through what we've done, and I'm going to show you the spiritual application. This is the first thing you do. It's called the kiss of mud. Looks like fun, doesn't it? This is what you look like when you come out. Completely covered in mud. And then after that, you've got different obstacles you're going to go through. I don't remember all the names of the obstacles, but you're climbing through mud, and you're jumping into water. There's no idea what's in that water. There's been people in there before me. This is on a farm that had all kinds of cattle, so there's no telling what's in that water. Then you've got different obstacles where you can see my brother here is helping a guy over. Unfortunately, in the next picture, he's rooting me on. He's not helping me over. <laughs> this one is the one I feared the most. It's called Arctic Enema. This tank right here is filled with 80,000 gallons of ice water, and it maintains a temperature of about 34, 35 degrees all day long. You got that, that big tank, right, that big truck right there is full of 50-pound bags of ice. And they got volunteers that stand there. You can see the guy right there just pouring ice in all day long. It's the one I dreaded the most. And you can see the dread on my face. But you just got to jump in. And to this day, that is my favorite obstacle. I've done it multiple times. You can do it more than once while you're there. I remember one race that I did, we did it two or three times. This is what it looks like when you're in there. All this ice and water and muck and junk. And trust me, it's cold. It's not just jumping in, but you jump in and you're not just going to kind of wade through like this. But there's this board right here. and You've got to go completely under the water to get out of that obstacle. And there's the exhaustion afterwards of doing that obstacle. My brother, Justin, right here, wasn't able to run with us. He was going to, but he got an injury that... Uh, did not allow him to run with us. And this one here is Mud Mile 2.0. It's just hills and mud and water and muck. Do I sound like I'm crazy for enjoying this? Well, trust me, there's a spiritual application to this. I learned something from this. It's a lot of fun. I decided just to slide down that hill. I was not just going to, you know, walk down a hill like some people did. Because you can't really walk. It's all slick and everything. This one is known as Walk the Plank. Remember when I said you will overcome all fears? I have a fear of falling. This is my friend Kevin. He is falling into, well, it's a 13-foot drop into 13 foot of water. I can swim, but I'm not a strong swimmer. I did not do that one. I skipped that one that year. Then you have just basically, anybody like to go spelunking? Anybody claustrophobic? Yeah, this one right here is just a hole dug in the ground. You don't know how deep it is, you don't know how narrow it is, you don't know how wide it is, you just got to go in and crawl through, and people on the other side will help you get out. It's called the Crawl Under. That was the name of that year. This one's known as the Funky Monkey. Anybody good at monkey bars? Well, this is monkey bars that go up at an angle and then back down, and then there, if you slip and fall, there's water, and you might slip and fall because muddy hands have touched those bars, and they're slick, slick as can be. I found a new way to go across. I wasn't going to go like everybody else, and I'll get to that in a minute. 
This one is known as the cage crawl. It doesn't look that bad. But there I am. That's all you can see of me. I was up to my neck in water. And not only was I up to my neck in water during this obstacle, but throughout the course, there's nothing you can do to prevent a Charlie horse. Both of my legs were cramped in that ice-cold water, trying to crawl out from underneath there. This is known as Mount Everest. It's basically a skateboard half-pipe. You just have to run up it and get up to the other side, and people on the other side will help you over. Then there's the final one, known as electric shock therapy. I never have associated the word electric shock and therapy together. But basically what you have to do is run through, and you see all these wires hanging down? They're charged at about 10,000 volts, they say. They've got solar panels that light them up. And you cannot avoid hitting those. You will hit those when you run through, and they hurt. They hurt. Matter of fact, one year I was running through, and I got shocked, and it ran a charge through my body and recramped my leg, and I went straight down and just slid. Jessica was there. She saw the whole thing. This is the finish line. You go through 10 to 12 miles, all these obstacles. You get there, and this is it. We're done. We're covered in mud. And that entire race took us 5 hours and 20 minutes to run through all of that. Now, the spiritual application that I've learned from this. This is the Christian walk. Welcome to the Christian walk. And whenever we decide to become a child of God, I can just go and tell you, you have no idea what you're going to get into. You have no idea what adventure is going to be there. You have no idea what obstacles are going to be there. But this has taught me something about that. So before we get into it, I'm going to examine some, some truths here. Turn, if you will, to 1 Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. Paul speaking here says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of who I am chief. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And there's nobody who is not in that category. There's nobody on this earth who is immune from sin. There's nobody on this earth who has perfect, ever been perfect except for Jesus Christ. So he came for everybody. Now turn if you want to Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15. And beginning in verse 33. Now when the sixth hour had come, there was a darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. At the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani which is translated, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was at that moment in history that Jesus felt separation from God. Because at that point, He was dying for our sins. Some of those who stood by when they heard that said, Look, He's calling for Elijah. Then someone ran and filled a sponge full of sour wine put on a reed and offered it to him to see if Elijah would come to take him down. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. He died for everybody. 
I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done, how horrible your life has been, the miserable sins you've committed, or how much of a Christian life you've lived. Jesus died for you. Back in Illinois, years ago, there was a fellow by the name of Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know if anybody knows who that is. He was a homosexual. He would lure little boys into his house, and then he would kill them, and he would cannibalize them. And they found these bodies underneath of his house. He went to prison. Someone like that deserves nothing. But while he was in prison, someone got into him with this book right here and taught him the gospel. And he was baptized for the remission of his sins before he was murdered in prison. You think somebody that horrible is not deserving of the blood of Jesus? He died for everybody. So anybody can have salvation. Let's look. Jesus died for my sins. I put a few names up here. Tony, he died for your sins. Jessica, he died for yours. Larry, he died for yours. Glenda, he died for yours. He died for everybody's sins. So we can all have an opportunity, a chance to go to heaven if we want to. But we must be covered by Jesus' blood. Turn if you want to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. Sorry. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now Romans 6. Romans 6 in the third verse. Simply says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death. We need to be covered in the blood of Jesus in order to have salvation. That was the reason He died, that blood sacrifice. And then, once we become a child of God, once we are baptized into Christ, there's a lot of training. There's hard training. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and verse 2. And then we'll get into the, the application of the run here. Romans 1. 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the changing of your mind. This is where the training is at. You're changing the things that are going in, so things that are coming out are different. And here's the reason. That you may prove... What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You become baptized. You are baptized. You have your sins washed away. And then you spend your life going through all these obstacles, all these things that are going to train you and teach you how to walk closer to God. So here we go. Overcoming all fears. On this journey, you will have fear. False evidence appearing real. When you think about all these things that go on in life with Christianity and 
with the temptations, with all obstacles out there. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, talking about fear. Romans 8, verse 31, here Paul simply says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is on my side, why do I have to have fear? This is just one acronym of fear I've seen. But the idea of being a child of God, yes, we're going to have fears, but God's on our side. We just need to lean to God. You think about all these prophets you read about in the Old Testament, and all these different characters in the Old Testament and New Testament, and the different things they had to endure. When did they overcome? When they relied on God. When they put their fear to the side and said, you know what? God is bigger than this. So your first obstacle is getting here. Here you are. You're in this building. You're here. You've overcome your first obstacle. To become a child of God, just like these mothers had to make an oath, so does a person have to make an oath. Turn, if you will, to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 35, beginning. Talking about taking an oath to become a child of God. Acts chapter 8, verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, see, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. There's your oath. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes, I do. And when you're standing in the water, the person will say, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins. Take that oath. Once you take that oath, you need to be covered in what now represents you. In this picture, it's the mud, but in real life, it's the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ covers us. When, you, when I'm going through this run, if, I, if you're covered in mud, it is obvious that you are in this race. You are a mudder. Unless you look like that, which we've done it before, and there's spectators, and we go give them a big old hug. But it's obvious who's the spectators and who's actually in the race. The ones that are spectators are on the sidelines. You don't see any mud on them. They're not dirty at all. There's nothing covering them. They're just on the sidelines watching. But those who are actually in this race are covered in mud, and you can tell. Those who are in the Christian race are covered in the blood of Jesus, and God can see that. God can see that blood that covers you. There's a song that the group a cappella does. It's called It's the Blood. And in, the, in the song it says, it's the blood that he sees when he looks at me. You have to be covered in the blood of Jesus if you're going to be running in this Christian race. And then once the oath, after the oath, after the covering... Obstacles will be inevitable. There will be obstacles that you have to endure. There's no way around it. You can't get around it. You can't skip around it. There's going to be obstacles as we walk this Christian, go through this Christian walk. And you're going to have help. Brothers, sisters, spiritual leaders, they're going to help you. Like my brother's helping this guy here. You're going to have help whenever you have problems in this life, in order to get through this life. You've got questions. You've got, we've got elders here. It's their job to shepherd the flock. They're there. They're spiritually minded. They're spiritually mature. If you have a question, ask them. Your ministers, your Bible class teachers, those who are brothers and sisters in Christ who've been there, done that, and have the t-shirt. They can help you get through. But you're also going to have people cheering you on. 
You can get through this. You can do this. You can get over this obstacle. It's not that tough. I've been there. I've done it. Look, I'm on the other side. You can get over here. Don't give up. That's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be cheering you on. There will be obstacles that you do not want to go through. There's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some difficult things in this Christian walk. But you just got to come jump in. Jump in. You don't know what it's going to be like. Like I said, I had no idea what that was going to be like. And sometimes this is what it feels like when we jump in these obstacles. We have to overcome these obstacles in life that are difficult. Uh, the one thing that this obstacle will do is will absolutely take your breath away. It will absolutely take, get a nice ice cold glass of water on a summer, hot summer day after you've mowed the lawn. And imagine that temperature being submerged in that water absolutely takes your breath away. There are some things we're going to go through in life that are going to absolutely take our breath away. But we just have to jump in and overcome those things. And we will get tired. There are things in this Christian walk that will exhaust us. And we're going to feel like we just can't go anymore. But there's going to be there people there who are going to get us back on the straight path. If you will, turn to Galatians chapter 6 to start off with. Galatians chapter 6. We're going to have people who are going to help us get through, going to help us power through, help us overcome, get us back on the narrow path. Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 1. It says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. We're going to have people there to help us out. They're going to help us get through. And then in Philippians, it's over a few pages. Philippians chapter 2. This is a difficult scripture for somebody who does not know God and is not a child of God to understand and comprehend and to apply. He says if the, in verse 1, If there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. <coughs> That's the first part. But here's the, here's the hard part. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Looking out and watching out for other people. When we are tired when we are run down, when we are overtaken by sin, if we see that in somebody else, help them out. If we are run down, if we are tired, if we are overtaken with sin, find somebody to help build us back up, to re-energize us, to bring us back to where we need to be, to get back on the straight and narrow path. We were, see, we were right here. This right here is the rope for the runners and the spectators. We're on the edge. We're about to get out of there. He's there to help us. No, here's your energy. Here's your food. Get going. Get back in the race. That's what we need to do. And that's what we need to have other people do for us when we get downtrodden. <coughs> it's tough, but it's fun. This Christian walk is a lot of fun. I've heard people say, well, I, I don't want to be a Christian. That's a boring life. You can't do this and you can't do that. You can't do that. Oh, no. I've had more fun in this walk than I did in that walk, in that other life that I had. You can have so much fun as a child of God. 
There's so many fun things you can be a part of. So many fun people you can be a part of. Matter of fact, last night, went to a friend's house, and you ever played left, right, center? The, the dice game? Have you ever played it? When you lose all your chips, you got to eat one of those bean-boozled beans that taste nasty? I did that last night. And let me tell you, if you've got a jelly bean, and it's supposed to taste like tutti-frutti, and you put it in your mouth, and it tastes like a rotten fish, that's a lot of fun. We weren't out drinking or anything. We were just having fun eating nasty jelly beans. Because I was with brothers and sisters in Christ. It can be a lot of fun. This race can be a lot of fun. You have to know your limits. There will be things that you can't do and you need to let other people do it. The Bible talks in a couple of places about talents and gifts. and We all have, we, we all shine in different places. You can't do everything. You can't be a jack of all trades in the Lord's body. There's other people that can do it better. Let them do it. I was not about to jump this. And there's things that I can't do in the church. There's things that I can't do in the body of Christ. I'm going to let somebody else do because that's where they shine. That's not where I shine. Know your limitations. You may find yourself in the darkness of sin. Don't worry. You will find help to get through. Like this guy's finding help to get pulled through this hole. You will find help. Don't give up. Like we looked at some of those passages in Galatians and Philippians. There's brothers and sisters in Christ out there that are going to help us. We will get through. People will pull you through. You don't have to do it on your own. There's help out there because they've been through it. They knew how to get out, so they're helping somebody else out. If you follow the crowd, and you eventually will, you will fall you follow the crowd. Instead, you need to take the path that's less beaten. Here's my explanation of this. My brother and these other people are doing their monkey bars like this, just like you do monkey bars or pull-ups or chin-ups. I was at camp one day, the church camp we worked at, and there's got monkey bars there. And I was like, there's got to be a better way to get across these monkey bars. And I figured out, if I climb it like a ladder, it's so much easier. So that's what I did. I climbed it like a ladder, and I got it through. And now they have a rule. You have to do it like this. You can't do it like this. I don't know if it's my fault, but you cannot put your feet on there. You ha- Take the path that's less beaten. Try a different way. Go a different way. Don't follow the crowd. Go a different way. Obstacles may look easy, but once you get into them, this looked easy, and this one was bottlenecked. I couldn't figure out why. We waited in line for this for 45 minutes to go through this obstacle. And here's why. You're up to your neck in trouble. This is not an easy obstacle. They've changed it now. They now have water that's falling down, raining on you as you're going through there. Things may look easy in this Christian walk. They may look easy in this life. But once you dive in, you're up to your neck in trouble. (coughs) Always remember to look up to those who overcome in the past. They will help. These guys have made it up there. That's the rule about this obstacle. This particular obstacle, this is the rule. Once you get to the top, you turn around and you help somebody else up. And they now changed it. Up here, at this top part right here, they've put another two feet and they've rounded the top. So there's no just grabbing the edge. You have to have help going up this. You have to have help. But always look up to people who have overcome things already in life and look to them for help. There is danger lurking around every corner. You cannot...
just go through this Christian walk, go through this life thinking everything's going to be okay, there's never going to be anything that come my way, I'm going to be all right. There is danger lurking around every corner. You never know when Satan's going to throw something at you. You never know when the devil's going to put something in front of you to try to get you off track. It's all over the place. You may be able to dodge the hardships. I remember one time a guy said that he was able to run through here and only got hit one time. He was able to dodge through those things. But, nope. That guy went down. This guy's going down. You might not be able to dodge it. You're going to fall. And then the finish line. The goal for the Christian is always heaven. It's always heaven. And unlike the Tough Mudder Challenge, this Christian race is a lifetime commitment. So here's the question I always ask. I always ask my kids this question when they get in trouble. It's got four words to it. And they can tell you what it is. I'm not going to have them tell you right now. This is the, nut, the same question I want to ask as we end this lesson here. When you go through this, when you go through this Christian walk, so you're, you're covered in the mud. I can't see a thing here. You earn a headband. In this particular race, you get a headband. They give you a T-shirt and a glass of beer. We always take the beer and dump it out. question is, was it worth it? Was it worth it? Deciding that I'm going to give my life over to Christ, that I'm going to become a child of God, I'm going to be baptized into the blood of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to run this race. We don't know how long this race is. For some people, this race is 40 years, because at 40 years after they become a child of God, something happens and they die. For us other people, this race is five years or five months. could be five days. We don't know how long we have on this earth to run this race. But what we do know is we have to be in this race. And the only way to get into this race is to confess that I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God and have your sins washed away, be covered in the blood of Jesus Christ, and start running and you're not, here on, you're not in on your own. Just like this race here, you're never on your own. There's literally thousands of people that are running every day. And every one of them, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what you're going through. I've helped people on this race, this particular competition. I've helped people get over obstacles, and I've been helped by complete strength. I don't know who they are, but we have something in common. We're running in the same race. And they're going to help us out. So the question is, was it worth it? And my question to you this morning is, are you in the race? Are you a child of God? If you are not, it's real simple. Like the eunuch did. You believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Yes, I do. We can baptize you here this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for the remission of your sins. And you can start this race with all the people that are in this room that are in that race now. Or if you're here and you are a child of God, and you've fallen off the beaten path. You've gotten off onto the wide path, and you, get back, you need to get back on the narrow way. You need the prayers of the church. We can help you with that. So whatever you need, why don't you come now while we stand and while we sing.